Hello, everyone. My name is Andrew. Hey, guys. I'm Suzanne. And this is the QLips English Podcast. Hello, friends. Welcome back to QLips. This is a Real Talk episode. Real Talk is the series where we teach you the English expressions that you need to know for real world situations. And today, my co host Suzanne and I are going to teach you how to check into a hotel. A very valuable skill if you want to travel in the future. Oh, yeah. It's really important, right? So now that the pandemic is winding down, there will be a lot of people traveling, and this would be a perfect episode for you. But before we get started with this lesson, I want to let everyone know that the best way to study with this episode is with our study guide. And in the guide, you'll get the transcript, detailed vocabulary explanations, real life examples, a comprehension quiz, and more. And you can download it and follow along as you listen. It's available for all QLips members. So to sign up, become a member, and get the study guide, just visit qlips.com. Okay, Sue,、so、could you break down and let our listeners know what the plan for this episode is? Absolutely, Andrew. Today, we are going to learn some practical expressions that you can use when checking into a hotel. So, first, we're going to listen to an example conversation between a receptionist, so someone who works at reception in the front of the hotel, and a guest checking into the hotel. Perfect. So, why don't we start by listening to the example conversation now? Good afternoon. Welcome to the ABC Hotel. What can I do for you today? Hello. I have a reservation under the name Jeff Richardson. All right. Wait one moment while I pull up your reservation. Okay, thank you. Okay, we have you in room 302.、Uh, could I see your ID and the credit card you used to make the reservation? Sure. Here you go. Are you parking your car here during your stay? Yeah, I'm gonna park my car. Yeah. Okay, great. So, what is the make and model of your car? And, oh, can you please tell me the license plate number? Yeah, for sure. So, I have a red Ford Focus, and the license number is CUL123. All right, you're all set. Here's your key card and a brochure about the hotel. You'll find the Wi Fi password for your room in there, and the elevator is on your right. Great, thanks. Oh, and I had one question too. Sure. I saw on the website that breakfast is included. So, where can I go to find that in the morning? Yes, there is a complimentary continental breakfast for all of the guests. So, the breakfast lounge is on the second floor, and dining hours are between 7 and 10 a.m. Awesome, thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. If you have any further questions, the phone number for reception can be found in your brochure. All right, enjoy your stay at the ABC Hotel. Great, everyone. We just listened to an example conversation where a guest at the ABC Hotel, Jeff Richardson, checks in with the receptionist. 
And so now what we're going to do is go back through that example conversation one more time and break down the key expressions that we heard in that conversation. And Suzanne, why don't we begin by talking about how Jeff checks into the hotel. So when he goes to the reception desk, the front desk at the hotel, what does he say and how does he communicate that he is there to check in? So he states that he has a reservation and he says it's under the name Jeff Richardson, right? Under the name. So what does that mean, Andrew, under the name? Yeah, so when you check into a hotel, the expression that you want to use is, I have a reservation under the name blah, blah, blah. You can say your name there. I have a reservation under the name Andrew, for example. However, you could also say for, right? I have a reservation for Jeff Richardson. I have a reservation for Andrew. But I think that sounds not quite as good. Really, to my ears, when I hear I have a reservation under, it sounds best. Yeah. I even think sometimes from working in a hotel, people would sometimes not even say the name. Like sometimes you would say, I have a reservation under Suzanne Serretta, or we we have a reservation under Smith. Or you may even say, I have a reservation, right? I'd like to check into the hotel. I have a reservation. And then the front desk would ask you, oh, okay, what is your name? And you could go from there. Yeah. Or what's the name that uh, you made the reservation with? Or what's the name that the reservation is under? Mm-hmm. That's something that they might say. So under is a common phrase uh, used to find your reservation. Exactly. To be under a name, the reservation is under a name, or with, I made a reservation with the name. These are both prepositions, right? And so these are both prepositional phrases under the name of, with the name of, or with the name Jeff Richardson. And these can be tricky in English. I mean, that's something that most of my students have problems with. Yeah, absolutely. Prepositions are a challenge for many learners. So just knowing which ones go in the correct situations is something to pay attention to. And in this specific situation for making a reservation, then we often use the word under, the preposition under. Yeah. Perfect. So why don't we go to the next part of the conversation and the receptionist says, okay, Jeff Richardson, just wait a moment while I pull up your reservation. Pull up. Speaking of prepositions and phrasal verbs, we have a good one here. Pull up your reservation. And to pull up means to access some information on a computer, right? You can pull up some information, pull up a reservation, pull up a file, So it's just like another way of saying search for or access. Yeah. And then continuing into the conversation, the receptionist says, okay, we have you in room 302. We have you in room 302, which I thought was another interesting way to express this information. Because when you think of it, you know, when you make a reservation 
in a hotel, Suzanne, you can sometimes choose like the area of the hotel. Maybe you want to be on the upper floor or the lower floor or near the pool or have an ocean view or mountain view or something. Totally. But not often can you pick the specific room, right? You don't usually book a hotel and say, oh, I want room like 201. <laughs> it doesn't often work that way. So that is why the receptionist says we have you in room 302. It's because the hotel made the decision about where that guest will be staying in the hotel based on, you know, the occupancy and how busy the hotel is and other factors like that. So that I thought was just an interesting way to express that. And that's why you might hear a hotel front desk person say something like, we have you in room 302. Yeah, absolutely. And then the receptionist asked, could I see your ID and the credit card you used to make the reservation? So many times it's very customary for someone to have to give their credit card in, I would say, North America for sure, at check-in because they want to make sure that the credit card that you'd used online to make the reservation matches you, right? So that there isn't a credit card theft scenario happening. Also, sometimes they take a hold amount on your card. So they might charge your card for like $100 just to make sure that there's some money on the card available for things that's, you know, happen while you're staying there. Like maybe you buy some sodas or something in the gift shop and you want to sign it to your room or you eat some snacks from your mini fridge. They just want to make sure that that's covered for you. So they might take a charge on your card as well. But for sure, presenting your card with an ID at the beginning of your trip is very common. Yeah, absolutely. So this is a good piece of information for our listeners to know, I think, because I've traveled to many countries and when checking into hotels in other countries, sometimes they don't ask me for ID or the credit card that I use to make the booking. In fact, in South Korea, where I live now, usually when I check into a hotel, I just say my name and they say, okay, <laughs> we have you in room 302 and I can just go right in. So yeah, if you're traveling from a different place to North America, you can expect to have to show your ID to provide your credit card and Often, Suzanne, just like you said, you might have to pay a deposit that you can get back once you check out, uh, just in case, you know, you want to eat a snack from the mini fridge. And they often load them up with lots of tempting snacks. Further in the conversation, the receptionist at the hotel asks the guest, Jeff, if he will be parking his car and he says yes, that he will be parking his car in the parking lot of the hotel or the parking garage. And so the receptionist asks, what is the make and model of your car? And also, could you please tell me the license plate number? So what does this mean, make and model? Make and model. It's a very common phrase, isn't it? Make and model. Yes, it is. 
I think it's, it feels very old fashioned, but it is something that is used all the time. Make is like who made it. The make of your car is like Chrysler, Toyota, Subaru, yeah, Honda. That's, that's the make. Then the model is the kind. So it's like a Ford Focus or it's a, you know, Volkswagen Tiguan or it's a Subaru Outback or is it a Forester? So that's what they need to know. They just need to know, okay, it's a Subaru Impreza and this is our license plate number. And why is that so important, Andrew? Like why do they need all of that information when you're parking the car at the hotel? For several reasons, I think. The first reason is that they may want to keep an eye on your car. Many hotels have big parking garages or maybe even underground parking or a big parking lot. And it's not only guests that can park there, but sometimes just visitors can park there as well. Other people can use that parking lot, especially because hotels are often located in convenient locations, maybe downtown or near a tourist attraction. So if other people pay to enter the car parking lot, then they can park there as well. And hotel security might keep an eye out on your car just to make sure that nothing happens. And the other reason is that if you are a guest, then maybe free parking is included with your stay. Now, this is not always the case. Last time I was in Canada, I had to pay for parking, even though I was a guest at the hotel I stayed at in Vancouver. It was very disappointing, but it's possible that you could have free parking. And this way, if they know the make and model of your car, they won't charge you twice. So I think it's just for those reasons why they want to know about your car. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? But I'm sure that it's partly for your safety and for their liability as well to make sure that they're, you know, keeping your car safe and not charging you more than they need to. Mm -hmm. Well, another reason is that often these parking lots, you can't just park there for like days on end, right? Usually you have to leave by uh, like the gate will close at 3 a.m. or something. And if your car is still in the parking lot after the gate is closed, then they might tow the car or um, that could be a problem. So they wouldn't want that situation for, you know, people who are just using the parking lot for the day. But for guests, it would be okay to park in the lot overnight as well. So that could be an issue that could happen. And that could be another reason why they would want to know the make and model of your car. So moving on, Suzanne, to the next expression. The check-in process is finished, and we hear the receptionist say a very, very useful expression. You're all set. You're all set. And this just means everything is finished. We're done. (laughs) Okay, check-in is done. You can go and enter your room now. And I said this was a really useful expression, and that's because we don't just use it when talking about checking into a hotel, but so many other situations in our daily lives as well. Suzanne, could you brainstorm maybe a few situations where you would say you're all set? 
Yeah. Anytime you're about to use any kind of facility, any entertainment, enter a sporting event, a show, something you're going to consume, usually something you need to buy tickets to, they're going to say, you're all set. Like you wouldn't do that at a grocery store, for example. Mm. If you go to a grocery store, you pay, you're like, okay, have a great day, bye. Right. <laughs> you're, you're not all set because you're not about to enjoy something more at that location. You got your stuff and now you're leaving. It's usually when you arrive somewhere that you're going to then enjoy the benefits of that establishment or the benefits of the show, the benefits of the casino, the benefits of maybe the park or, you know, spectacle, then you need to be set up to do it, right? Mm -hmm. So this means that everything is in order for you to now enjoy yourself at this location. Yes, yeah, Suzanne, I completely agree with that. And I would like to add one other element to it. And that is not only in that situation where you're getting ready to enter somewhere like into a movie theater or into a gym, you could use your all set, but also at the end of receiving a service, then the person who is giving that service to you could say you're all set, meaning like you're all finished, you're all done. So maybe you are getting your haircut and the hair cut is finished and the hairdresser says, oh, okay, you're all set. You can go home now. You're finished. Or, you know, to use your grocery store example, it would be weird for the cashier to say you're all set at the end of the checkout. But maybe there is like uh, somebody working at the grocery store who takes your bags out to your car for you and loads them into your car. And then after loading the bags into your car, that person could say, oh, okay, you're all set. You can go home now. <laughs> you can leave the grocery store. Exactly, Andrew. That's true. Yeah. So I think that's the core meaning. If our listeners keep that in mind, you're all set means something is finished and done and you're ready to go on to the next stage. Maybe that's the important part. You're ready to go to the next stage because the initial part has been finished. Then we can use you're all set. So I think we're all set to continue on with the conversation. And the next key part of it is when the receptionist gives the room key card and a brochure about the hotel to the guest. And a brochure is just a small information pamphlet. Usually it's just one piece of paper that is folded into three parts and you can open it and find information inside. And usually lots of hotels and tourist attractions, maybe restaurants will make brochures and you can find them sometimes in the lobby of a hotel or at a tourist information stop or information center. These kind of places you can find many brochures. And so the receptionist gives a brochure about the hotel to the guest just so that he has information if he needs it. Yeah. And then the, the guest asked about having breakfast included in their stay. So that's interesting, right? There's breakfast included, Andrew. So what did the receptionist answer exactly? It's an interesting kind of breakfast, right? Mm -hmm, exactly. So the guest noticed that they offer a free breakfast to guests, the hotel, 
And this is not like extremely common, but also not extremely rare. So it really depends. It's kind of case by case for hotels in North America about whether they do this or not. But yeah, it's pretty easy to find a hotel that offers a complimentary continental breakfast, just like this ABC hotel does. So let's break this down. Complimentary continental breakfast. This is a very common kind of hotel breakfast. So complimentary just means free. If something is complimentary, it's free or it's included in the price. So let's say this guy is paying $100 for the hotel room. He doesn't have to pay any additional money for the breakfast. It's included in that $100. So it's complimentary. And continental breakfast means a kind of light breakfast that usually includes bread, maybe, you know, toast and peanut butter or a bagel, maybe some cereal, coffee, orange juice. In my experience, it's not hot food. It's not cooked hot food that you order. It's maybe a buffet of pastries and breads that you can warm up and some fruit and uh, maybe yogurt. But that's basically it. So it's a lighter breakfast. Exactly. No bacon and eggs and pancakes and waffles, unfortunately. (laughs) No. If you want that, you're going to have to pay. That's not complimentary. Yeah. (laughs) And the receptionist continues to say that the breakfast lounge is on the second floor and the dining hours are between 7 a.m. and 10 a.m. So here, dining hours just means the eating time, the time when breakfast is served. So dining hours, although dining seems similar to the word dinner, which is what we eat in the evening, in this context, it just means eating time, the time when you can eat. Yeah, or when it's being served, right? Sometimes they they could say that too. They they might say breakfast is served between 7 and 10 a.m. Ah, yeah. Sometimes I actually ask for a wake-up call at the hotel because I find that usually when I'm on vacation, I, I don't like to wake up too early and I could maybe sleep through the continental breakfast or the free breakfast. When I traveled to Scotland a couple of years ago, my hotel served a full Scottish breakfast every day. Mm. And I didn't want to miss it, but it was between like 6 and 8.30 a.m. or something, which was kind of weird so early in the morning. Um, At least when you're on vacation, it's early in the morning. So I requested a wake-up call. And a wake-up call is when the receptionist will call your room to make sure that you wake up in time for your appointment, or in my case, for eating the full Scottish breakfast. That sounds delicious. Yeah, it was was interesting. It's very different than a a complimentary continental breakfast, I have to say. (laughs) The the receptionist, um, Andrew, says at the end, enjoy your stay, your stay. What does that mean, enjoy your stay? This is just a very polite thing that you will hear a receptionist or really any staff members at a hotel say to guests. So, you know, instead of just saying goodbye, they will probably say, 
oh, enjoy your stay. Just have a good time at our hotel. All right. Well, we're almost right at the end of today's episode. But before we go, why don't we summarize what we've covered so we can get an idea of all of those expressions? Yeah. So we covered a lot today and we learned about how to check in to a hotel. Yeah. And so we learned what things that you'll need when checking into a hotel, such as the name that the reservation is under, a form of ID, and the credit card that you use to make the reservation, and also the make and model and license plate number of your car if you're going to be parking your car at the hotel. That's right. And we learned a lot of really useful expressions, such as, could I see your ID and credit card used to make the reservation? And what's the make and model of your car? These are really common questions that you'll probably be asked when checking into a hotel. Yeah, and so we also learned the expression complimentary, right? Or free to describe things like breakfast uh, that are included in the price of your stay, right? The complimentary breakfast. And finally, we learn the expression enjoy your stay, which is a phrase that is used to wish guests have a great time while staying at a hotel. All right, listeners. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode. We hope you learned a lot with this one. If you enjoy listening to Culips and find us to be helpful and useful for growing your English language skills, then we'd love it if you could support us. And there are several ways that you can do that. The best way is to visit Culips.com and to sign up and become a Culips member. Culips members get access to the study guides for all of our episodes, plus so much more. You can read all of the details and sign up on Culips.com. But that's not the only way you could support us. You could also leave us a five-star rating and a nice review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us on social media or you could tell your friends who are learning English to check us out. If you'd like to send us a message, our email address is contact at qlips.com. Feel free to message us, ask us questions. We'd love to hear from you. That's right. And we'll be back soon with another brand new Q-Loops episode. And we'll talk to you all then. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.